couple members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random, followed by another that's a cover. It's Wheel of Randy. Hey, it's Wheel of Randy most popular Randy Newman podcast, East of the Rockies, as they used to say on Coast to Coast. Whether you're new to Randy's catalog, or you only know the hits, or you're a super fan, or like me, you're somewhere in the middle, this is a place for us to come and talk about the man. Each week, a guest brings one song for us to talk about, and then we spin the wheel and talk about a Randy Newman song at random. Wheel of Randy is part of the Good Trash Media Network and is brought to you by Wade Engineering. Stay tuned after this to hear a message from the fine folks at Wade Engineering. Let's go back and edit that so folks becomes folk, because it's just me. We'll, we'll fix that, right? Let's start the show! It's Wheel of Randy! Guys, we got Dave Vinson today. Uh, many of my listeners will know Dave as Dave from Knoxville. Thanks for being here today, Dave. I'm excited to be here. I have not heard your voice in a, a long time, uh, ever since the, the best show went on a temporary hiatus. I don't hear you much, but whenever you call in, it's always a treat. Oh, bless your heart. Dave is one of those people that that's, folks is, is really worth your time as, as a Twitter feed because Dave does some really exhaustive cataloging of music that that people should know. Uh, in in particular, uh, Dave has a a monstrous Spotify playlist on the history of prog rock, which if if you don't know anything about it, guys, that that's a great way to to dive in. D- Dave, how long have you been been cataloging your music like that? Uh, well, I was always a music nut. Uh, when I turned 12 or 13, I, uh, one of those birthdays, I got a gift of four or five records from my dad, and that just started it. It's been nonstop since then, and I'm 62 now. So quite a few records. Actually, my son, Andy, took all of my records. I, I like to think that he is like the caretaker of them, but I also don't know if I'll ever get them back. Um, there were about 1,500 records at one point, and now I think there's around 1,800 CDs upstairs, but I don't play ever because, uh, people will curse me, but I'm kind of all streaming now. Uh, well, you, you'll get no argument from me there. I've, <laughs> I've been all streaming for, for a while myself. We, yeah. we recently had a house fire and some things were damaged and some weren't. But it was an opportunity to, to to go through a lot of my old stuff. I was like, I've got all these CDs that are in these you know, travel cases. I don't even have the jewel boxes anymore. Is there an, any value to any of these? And for the most part, you know, streaming is has made my life simpler. Yeah. Well, um, I, I have a real OCD streak, and this uh, playlist cataloging that you've mentioned. Uh, the the one of the current things is called Band of the Day, and I'm about to hit 400 consecutive days 
of constructing a one hour playlist for it for a different artist uh, and the artists come up through sort of a not exactly a random process but there's a little bit of randomness in it like i i know right now who tomorrow's artist is i don't know who wednesday's artist is well who's, who's today's artist just today is the cult Okay, yeah. 80s loop, uh, so a lot of guitar rock from the 80s. And tomorrow is Joan Jett. Nice. But if you'll, if uh, anyone is interested, if you'll go to Spotify um, and type in the search DFK, that's Dave from Knoxville, B-O-T-D, Band of the Day, with a space between them, DFK space BOTD. I just did it just just for kicks, and I got about 420 of them to come up. Um, there are about 600 in total. The strict band of the day project is one thing. Knoxville hosts an experimental uh, music festival every year called Big Ears, and this year for Big Ears. I made a one-hour playlist for each of the 140 or so artists who were going to play that festival. So those are those are out there as well. And that prog list, I think, is up to about 135, 140 hours now. <laughs> and I'm just up to 1995. So clearly, there's a, some sick process going on. In this it, for for me, it's really good background music because yeah. you know you know I I I've got you know some King Crimson and a little bit of Can, but that's as far as I've ever went. Uh, I could never get through Tarkus, for example. Yeah. yeah. But uh, just keeping that on in the background every now and then, something will catch my ear. It's like, oh, okay, let's let's pull this up and see who I'm dealing with. Well, Dan, let me sell you on the new history of fusion. Oh. Because as far as background music, it's good to work too. I actively listen to that stuff, but I also have it running. I'm a college professor, and so a lot of my hours are spent grading and formulating lesson not lesson plans, but things to distribute to students and whatnot. So uh, I'm up to only hour six on that project, but I, it's destined to go a long, long way as well. We will tap into that. You're from Knoxville. How long have you been in Knoxville? I grew up in Nashville, first 18 years, and came to Knoxville, which is about three hours east of Nashville, to go to school, and uh, met my wife here soon after I got here. Her parents were from just on the other side of Asheville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. but just made, we were both only children, just made sense for us to stay here, because we were exactly, we were close enough for emergencies and far enough away for daily living yeah i was in that four hour sweet spot for a long time yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense i grew up in huntsville not terribly far from knoxville uh and i remember just being in a a fit of jealous rage that my older brothers and sisters got to go to the world's fair in knoxville (laughs) and i did not yeah my, my wife actually worked at the world's fair and uh, I, I lived in the home of the president of the World's Fair the year before the fair. Um, one, one of his children I was uh, a good friend of. We played a lot of music together. And he had, during the planning summer, 
he had a softball accident, which he got, he, he caught a softball in the side of his ear sliding into second and had a concussion that went all the way from the ear up to the center of his skull. And, uh, I moved in to sort of be summer caretaker, uh, for him helping up downstairs. So I have a lot of, a uh, lot of experience with the, uh, with the fair. So th- those were actually, those were good times. Yep. Uh, 82. I think we were, we got married in 83 actually. So that was kind of towards the end of our dating experience. And uh, she is still sticking it out, which is amazing. You know, people ask me, you know, the secret of our long marriage, and it's just luck on my part. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. And I thought, I, I uh, am proud to say that I've listened to every minute of The Wheel of Randy. Oh, well, thank you. And, uh, I uh, especially enjoyed the episode with your wife out on the front porch. Oh, she is <laughs> utterly charming. Uh, yes. if, you, if you want more of her, she co-hosts uh, with me the, the one that we released today because oh. it was a good friend of hers that we brought on. So you get to hear, hear a little more of Suzanne. But yeah, she is That's great. certainly beloved by all. I'm a very lucky man. It was a thrill, too, uh, that you had Jason on. Yeah. I've yeah. gotten... I've gotten to meet Jason two or three times. As a matter of fact, uh, on his way to New Jersey, just before all this hit in uh, March, he stopped here. We got to have lunch together and uh, met up with him at the Sharpling and Worcester show at Third Man Records in Nashville. Was that the one they put the recording out on? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. There's a yeah, I've heard there. that. Yeah, yeah. We, we were in there. And, wow. Uh, yeah, he's a fine person. I, I talked to him. I try to remember to call him about once a month. Uh, I'm kind of a pestery type. <laughs> and I, I would love, I, I, I pitched the idea to you, but I have to pitch it to the uh, subject as well. I'd love to try to convince Fredericks to come on with you. And then you could say you had had all of the Southern gentlemen on. Oh, that would be something. But Frederick's Privacy Act on the best show is not an act. He is deeply private. And uh, I've not broached this subject with him, but I might be able to talk him into it. I stumbled onto his his podcast, was it Mind Thing? Uh, yes. And yeah, it's experimental, but I, I've, I've learned a lot of things off that. that uh, I can't remember what it's called, that, that, that phenomenon – that's the audio loop that is always increasing in tone. They call it like yes. an auditory barber pole. Fredericks introduced me to that. Uh, oh, he's, he is something else. He's a, he's a deep thinker. Yeah, there seems to be this, this wonderful shorthand uh, among Friends of Tom. Uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, Friends of Tom is, is followers of, of the best show with Tom Sharpling. Uh, the, the, if you find another person who is a thought there, there's this, there's, there's this instant connection, it seems like. Yes. Uh, and you know, it, it's not like, it's not like a lot of other fandoms where, where, where it's a, you know, there are plenty of inside jokes among the thoughts, but, but it, it, it does seem to be a, a very welcoming, welcoming group. Yeah. Show at third band was pretty amazing. So, you know, it was sold out. There were so many people there that, you know, they had one focus. They were really into it. I keep, well, I, I, 
a year ago, I was wondering when they were going to start start touring again, and that thought is certainly yeah. <laughs> stopped yeah. crossing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I certainly wish wish them well. Yeah, and that uh, was a fun that was a fun show. Coco performed in that show. Oh, nice. She did a, uh, I think she did a Dottie West song. She she did a Wanda Jackson song. Our Oklahoma City native Wanda Jackson. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a fun night. Terry was traveling with him. She was not in the show, but she came out afterwards. And, Good. Uh, it was nice. It was yeah. fun. One thing I, I love about your Spotify playlists, uh, it, as, as technology changes, I, I feel like you're, you're taking the role that, that used to be filled by you know, the, the college radio DJ, that mm. you're this, this, this uh, trustworthy source for people. To uh, that, you know, if if you're going to like, let let's say I woke up today and said I'm going to get into jazz, I'd be completely overwhelmed. But I find a couple of DJs that I trust; it can get yeah. me there. And 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 Dave, you're you're absolutely you know filling filling that void <laughs> now that radio is you know, radio is what it is today. I really appreciate that. You know, that is one of the uh, kind of joys for me, especially on Twitter. Uh, I take requests fairly frequently. You know, somebody will say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of trying out Big Thief. What do you know? And uh, even if I don't know them, I, you know, I, I, I kind of have a process now. I guess I shouldn't give up too much about it because – It'll sound like it's totally automatic, but uh, I do have a little bit of a process to help me get started with music I don't know that well, and and I will gladly, uh, with no credentials whatsoever, put together an hour-long playlist of an artist I've never heard of using my secret research techniques to get me started. <laughs> so that, that's really been a lot of fun. Were you ever a DJ uh, in real life? I I have a I have a voice for the classroom. I do not <laughs> don't have a good. You have a good you have a good radio voice. Oh, I work on it, but it's not. No, I often do. said I often said that I would love to program a radio show, but I never really see this voice as being the the prominent voice on a radio show. Oh, I think everyone is harder on their own voice than on others. Sure. Yeah. Oh, here. Do you do you know Clay Pigeon? Well, that name's familiar. Yeah, he does a morning show called Wake and Bake on WFMU. Okay. I love Clay. He's got a great show. If you hear his voice, you might convince yourself anybody uh, could do it. But he's got such a great personality, and uh, that that's a big part of the sell with him. Well, that's always been the appeal to me for, for Randy Newman. As a performer, I'm like, well, I'm not going to let my voice lead in the way <laughs> of what I do. That's uh, Hendrix is reported to have said, when I heard Dylan, I decided I could be a singer. Yeah. In response to all along the watchtower, I think. Uh-huh. Well, I heard that guy. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little, Randy. What are you sure. bringing for us today? Well, I, I, um, I'm taking something from the Land of Dreams record, which is a record that I really love because it's got some just beautiful straight-up pop melodies. And w one of the things that sells me on Randy is his ability to communicate 
despicable characters <laughs> and very uncomfortable situations with the sort of a, you know, a, a, a minimal amount of words. There's not like a lot of exposition that goes into most of his stuff. Right. If, there's, al there's almost a, a, an element of puzzle solving sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So the song I, I, uh, I've brought is, I just want you to hurt like I do. Oh man, this one is, this one is brutal. Okay, audience, take a few minutes, and uh, this is the I think the last track on Land of Dreams. Yes, that's and, right. And we'll have a link at uh, Will of Randy Twitter page. So listen to I want you to hurt like I do, and we will be right back. Countdown races, sing this song, do da do da. Okay, Dave, this song is is just heartless. Yes. Oh. It, um, I, I'm really, uh, it's hard for me to resolve. It's a beautiful melody, one of his most conventional kind of melodies. There's very little of the New Orleans that you hear in a lot of his stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just so pretty. And... Um, and what he's saying is so awful to his child that I should not enjoy it. And I almost feel guilty and, and like a bad person for enjoying it. But um, I, I saw Randy play. He came here to Knoxville. Uh, it must have been 10 or 12 years ago. And it was just him solo with the piano. And it was interesting because I had pneumonia and I was... I was fighting with myself not to cough or make any sound during the songs. And then when the applause started, <laughs> I would let it out. Yeah, you know, it was part of the applause. Uh -huh. um, and a good friend of mine was sitting next to me and she would just pat me on the back just to try to get me through it, you know, but he introduced this song and he talked about, talked about it in relationship to the, uh, we are the world, the sort of big rock anthems that were used to spread good cheer and raise money for a good cause. Mm -hmm. And it somehow it just occurred to him, he had an image in, in his mind of people standing around in a big circle holding hands and singing this together. And that he even says it before the last chorus, uh, something about, Everybody sing along or something. Yeah, yeah, all the people and around the world or something like that. Just the notion of of hearing those words, I just want you to hurt like I do over and over, with a circle of people holding hands and swaying like Dr. Seuss, like Whoville. <laughs> um, and then just and at the end, honest I do, honest I do, like you would – think would be attached to a simple love song from the 50s or 60s i love you so much honest i do yeah <laughs> I, oh. I i've i've often wondered if the honest i do is there uh to try to convince himself yeah that he was doing a, a a noble act here oh maybe uh, but, uh, but that they, uh, it's just brutal and he you know he does that over and over um the uh, song that I almost settled on, oh, and now I feel terrible because I'm not going to remember the name. Um, 
It's from Born Again, Pretty Boy. And it's got a, the, the line that sticks with me is a word I don't want to say out loud <laughs> about his boot, the, the boots he's wearing. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That is from, uh, that's from Born Again. Right. Yeah. It, it's it, called? It, it's called Pretty Boy. There you go, Pretty Boy, right. Yeah, we got a tough and, guy um, here. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and that just wears me out, too, uh, just, just the idea of it. Now, that's, a, that's the subject of the song is being challenged in an ugly by, way by a group of people he runs into on the road, on the street. So it's more of a bullying type thing. Yeah. I just want you to hurt like I do just arises out of one person. And dumped on a child, it just uh, it just staggers me uh, that such a pretty song can can be that dark. It just wears me out. Yeah, but uh, it, clearly I like that. So, <clears throat> you know, th- this this is one that uh, you know that I'll play now and then. You know, on the piano. And normally when I'm normally when I'm practicing. I, I focus on the keys and I'm kind of mumbling the words to myself. And so my wife, two rooms away, goes, oh, that's a really pretty one. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't have the heart to tell you, Suzanne. It is. It's a beautiful about. one. Yeah. You always kind of question the motives of yeah. the, the, this, the narrator in, in these songs. Uh, whether I, I, I keep wondering, does he really believe this or is he just – you know, bending over backwards, trying to justify himself. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where to go with that, really. If he really believes it, it's, a, it's sung from the point of view of one of the worst characters that ever sang a pop song. Right. Um, but, you know, that's Newman's talent. He kind of exposes you to ugly truths and pops a melody in your head you can't forget while he's doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, it was funny when I saw him, he was on a tour and he had recently played in LA like a week or two ahead of when we saw him. And he was so funny. He has all these, you know, a lot of his songs are very short and he would have these elaborate stories. Um, and he seemed so spontaneous and off the cuff. And I went back and read that article about his concert in LA and every line in that show was scripted. Huh. The off-the-cuff anecdotes that he was telling were the exact same off-the-cuff anecdotes that the reviewer quoted from the concert in the show in L.A. <laughs> so you, it goes you kind of back to the best show. You know, you feel like, wow, they must be making a lot of this up. But when I went up and visited the show, I got to see one of the scripts. And uh, the Sharpling Oyster stuff is written out pretty much word for word. Um, It amazes me. And so I think Randy Newman was the same way, even even to some extent, short little phrases between songs. Uh, He was just, he was like Kabuki in a way. He was just going through the script to get to the end of it. I'm sure there's a certain grind of the tour yeah, it was a great show. <laughs> I've never but, seen them, so I'm, I'm curious. What, yeah, I, I always like hearing you know snippets like that. Yeah, really enjoyed him. Let me ask a little more about this song. Uh, 
because I, I, I started connecting the dots between this song and his personal biography. This came out in 88. Uh, and in 85, he divorced and had three children. Uh, I'm not sure what their ages were. I'm not going to snoop yeah. that deep into it. But he definitely had three boys that he had to, to who had to deal with the reality of, of this divorce. Uh, and from what I can tell, the divorce is pretty amicable. His ex-wife's new husband is his architect now. Oh, wow. So, you know, there's... And and he sings fondly about her, you know, even in like in the 90s. He has a song where he mentions her fondly. Uh, but, you know, here he is two, three years uh, after his own, you know, personal crisis, you know, sitting down and putting out, I want you to hurt like I do. Which to me means that, you know, part of this really has to be autobiographical, you know, I, who, how much of it is tongue in cheek? I don't know, but yeah. you know, this is—you can tell—it's a deeply personal song to him as well. I, I think that uh, I think that I think of it as like a doctor will use gallows humor. You know, I don't think that's as prevalent as it was twenty or thirty years ago. But uh, they used to say that when doctors got together, they just said the most awful things about patients that they had helped. And that was their way of dealing with uh, how terrible the situation was. It's just to make these over-the-top jokes about things. And I kind of feel like that about this. You know, if this is a way for him to deal with having had to do this seriously with children he loves, and then there's a little bit of distance of time between the actual event and starting to write songs as a result of it, that making a joke of it like this may be a way to help him deal with it, the awfulness of it. Yeah. I, I really brought in a cheery tune, Dan. Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. The spirit's no. here. It, 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 it's, it's the sad ones that get the ratings. So, so I, <laughs> um, I can't help but wonder how much of this uh, is – also echoes, you know, I've always felt that he had a very tense relationship with his own father, um, just just through his, his songs. Um, four you know, Eyes. Was that? Oh, oh, yeah, Four <laughs> Eyes, just a few tracks before this. That same attitude, kid, you've got to toughen up. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and he's singing this to his son in this song, right? It's a rough, rough world. It's a tough, tough world. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And then he universalizes it at the end of the second verse because it's a very personal him singing to his son in the first chorus. Yeah. But at the end of the second verse, there's one thing we all have in common, and it's something everyone can understand. Everyone around the world sing, I just want you to hurt like I do. So the suggestion is not just it's between these two, but it's a universal need to see other people hurt wow i hadn't thought of it that way <laughs> jeez yeah because he says this is his one wish is yeah, to communicate right. this to everybody that's right uh, and you you talked about you know we are the world and so forth that this this is his uh, message yeah it reminds me of 
that that Ben Folds song, "All You Can Eat," where he grabs the microphone at Walmart and starts starts telling his personal philosophy to everyone who can hear it. Oh gosh, I wish I knew that song. I, I it, love Ben Folds. Uh, it, it's you know, "All You Can Eat." It's off of one of okay. his, his EPs, but it has very yeah. much a Randy vibe to it. Just people are monsters what are we doing oh yeah <laughs> rock in the suburbs one of my all-time favorite records to start to finish you know rock in the suburbs came out on 9-11 oh i forgot about that i think i did know that at some point I forgot that. Oh, there was well. some movie that came out that week too that uh, uh, supposed to be yeah. some feel-good movie but <laughs> Must be. It didn't work out that way yeah um so I, 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 keep, I keep going back to how much of this is sincere. How much of this, I, how much does he really think that people need to toughen up? And how much of this is just, you know, pointing out the absurdity of, you know, an abusive uh, husband and father. Oh, who even admits that he's going to run out on his new woman. Yeah, at the start right. of this, he's like, "Get get ready, I'm gonna run out on you too," uh, and and also, everybody cried the night I left except the little boy, and then he launches you right the, the yeah. little boy just hung his head yeah, and then he launches into, "I just want you to hurt like I do," almost like, "Well, I didn't get a good enough reaction from you," so <laughs> let's twist the knife a little top. bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. There's still not any indication that the kid responds to it. No, I suppose not. But, but the character's very proud of it. Oh, yes. look at this life lesson that I've given this kid. And I hope people will listen to the song because it is beautiful. It is. You know, th this is one that, 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 that sneaked up on me, Dave, because Land of Dreams has always been at the bottom of my list um, mm. when it comes to Randy stuff, you know some of the some of the songs on there uh, can 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 drag the record down, uh, but I've listened to it more and more the past few weeks, uh, and so I'm really getting the payoff now from from this last song from I want everyone I I mm, now I'm getting it wrong I want you to hurt like I do. Uh, yeah, I uh, I really it, it really I don't know why it really connected with me. You know, I was a I was a kid. Well, hey, I was a kid. There's some news for you. <laughs> when I turned 13, 14, 15, up to that point, my music reading had been magazines called Cream and Crawdaddy. Okay. Those were the, really the molders of my musical taste. And then when I hit 15 or 16, maybe because I started going to the library because I could drive there, Rolling Stone was there. And I started going through these old Rolling Stones. And uh, Randy Newman was one guy in the first few years of Rolling Stone. They mentioned him all the time. Sail away, sail away, sail away, constantly. Um, and so I bought that th those first couple of records, Sail Away and Good Old Boys. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I, you know, I... I, I Sort of like Sail Away. It's awfully sophisticated for a 15-year-old. <laughs> I loved Sail Away. I loved political science. I kind of liked the uh, the Dancing Bear songs on yeah. account 
kind of sounded like gypsy music to me somehow. Yeah. But I, I listened to that stuff just because Rolling Stone told me to, and then I put it aside for a few years. And it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that, a, for some reason, a couple of my friends got into him, and then it was Born Again, and the one after Born Again, uh, oh, shoot, the one with Cape, Christmas in Cape Town. I'm an uh, old Trouble dude. in Paradise. Yeah, Trouble in Paradise. So we were really into those a lot. I think, that's I think you're the only one who would ever describe that as the one with Christmas in Cape Town. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one that I could remember. Isn't <laughs> um, and so I jumped about 10 years when I didn't listen to him at all. And then all of a sudden he was there, and, and he's been pretty big for me uh, ever since. I think I've bought all the studio albums. I didn't get all the songbook things, but sort of tried to follow him since then. It means a lot to me. But again, there's a lot of uh, ugliness in there. And so I often ask myself, what does it say to me that there's this ugliness here and I'm so attracted to it? And, and that, this song, that's this song in a nutshell. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of, of despicable characters out there. Uh, yeah. But this is really the, the only one where, where you start seeing uh, a pattern of dysfunction mm. that you see just generations of, of yeah. malfunction. Uh, the, yep. the, the closest, uh, the, the closest I can come to is, is old man where, where you have the, the son who is, is continuing all of the, the heartlessness of his father, even as his father is on his deathbed. Yeah. So yeah, it's tough to deal with. Yeah, I, I hope people listen to this one too. You know, Land of Dreams is is uh, I, I like it more and more now that I'm listening to it more and more. Uh, but you know, it, it's not one it's not one that I give to people and say, "Hey, check this guy out." Yeah, uh, I love the first two songs. I do too. Uh, I think they go together like a suite. Yeah, it's clearly about his childhood. I I think that's what really soured me on it at first mm. is i got so into those first two songs i was like okay this is a concept album about you know his life and you know then four eyes comes so it's like okay yeah. you know he's yeah. five and Still then related and then it's like gives up on the concept <laughs> unless he comes back to it right at the end yeah. right he's being absolutely sincere yeah. And he's just an awful person. <laughs> I hate to believe that, but, uh, you know, and there's enough humor in there. I, I think that can't be true. Right. Uh, but it's, boy, it's a wicked black humor. It is. Man, thank you for bringing this one to that. <laughs> sure. Oh, you hear that sound? Is it a wheel? It's a wheel. It's a wheel within a wheel. You know what scared me, uh, Dan, on the first few shows? Uh-huh. Is the first two or three people you asked to do their best uh, spinner impression. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And, uh, and then I was so happy that you didn't do that. And then it became a challenge, and I wanted to do – I wanted to make up my own spinner sound. Oh. I don't know if it's convincing – but I have one. Let's hear it. If you'd like, okay, it's, it may not be great here. I'm not really a performative kind of guy, but here it is. Oh, that's good. Oh, thanks. 
Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Stop. All right. This is off the same record. Folks, this is Roll With The Punches off of the album Land of Dreams. And a bit of a content warning for everyone. This song is fairly racially insensitive. He keeps his language clean on this, but this is you know, not the nicest guy in the world. All right, so y'all take a few minutes, pause this, and listen to Roll With The Punches off of Land of Dreams. And Dave and I are going to listen to this together, and we will be right back. Bet my money on a bobtown drag all the doodah day. Okay, and we are back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, um, you forget how many things have a sort of a racial basis in Randy Newman world. I, I, I listened to that album many, many times, and I knew this song when it started playing, but the lyrics had never really connected with me. Yeah, I guess we could whitewash it and just say it's about stick to itiveness, right? <laughs> kind of, uh, can do spirit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like the little train that could. Yeah, that's uh, that's strange. But yeah, this is uh, I don't know this this song. I I, I call it a bootstrapping song. He kind of says, eh, okay, you're 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 black and you're hopelessly desperately poor but yeah just stick with it yeah right. everyone's had hard times look at me i've rolled with the punches and and i love this this line doesn't matter whether you're white black or brown you won't get nowhere putting down the old red white and blue yeah right and then uh gosh it's just i'll it, be damned if i ever let you win <laughs> and huh. then then he has this this bizarre little thing during the instrumentals. You know, you you, you talked about you know, there was no New Orleans reference in uh, mm-hmm. in uh, I want you to hurt like I do, and this is just I'm straight off of full on, yeah, yeah. But he, he during the instrumental he 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 has this this tap dance thing going on, mm. and he has. The nuttiest line said, uh, "Look, look at those, look at those short shorts. You can see all the way to Argentina." <laughs> it's like, okay, first of all, I've never heard that phrase before, but I know exactly what you're evoking yep. there. I can't help but wonder if he came up with that or if that's some yeah. old Southern thing that he'd heard. Do some etymology study, figure that out. <laughs> I'm kind of scared to put that in my search history. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not. I appreciate your your courage. <laughs> Dead air. Dave can't type and talk at the same time. Oh, you're fine. We we, we edit pretty heavily. On oh, there you show. go. Oh, good. Yeah. You make you may make me wind up sounding out like a uh, coherent person. Hey, I end up sounding coherent on this, so. I, I got to say, you, you know, it sounds it sounds good, Dan. And I, I'm a little bit, uh, I was a little bit intimidated to come on because you have all these artists and politicians and authors and 
and Dave, the math teacher. So, <laughs> so you're looking up Argentina. I couldn't, there wasn't anything. There's a book called All the Way to Argentina, but it's just about traveling to Argentina. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know about it as a kind of entendre. Well, I hesitate to ask the super fans because I, I've burned, I've burned, I've cashed in all the favors I think that I can from them. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, that's, I'm going to leave that as just a mystery. Yeah. I, I don't need to pursue you may get an angry email. I've been known to get a few, yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything about that. It's just a book title. That's funny. It's one of those things that I, I is once it's implanted in my head, it, it's easy for me to assume, oh, that's just a common phrase, and I'll just drop it into mm. that conversation. Oh, yeah, there you go. And later people are going, what's wrong with Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, so yeah, right. Roll with the punches is, is uh, it reminds me of in, in junior high school, we had to do all these uh, inspiring speeches for like the Optimist Club. And, mm -hmm. and everyone was supposed to give a, a, a speech talking about uh, how your destiny is in your hands and and you know, anyone can do anything they put their mind to. And, you know, I had a couple of classmates who tried to argue the negative on that and oh. uh, uh, got in trouble with, the, with, our, with our speech teacher. Uh, oh, wow. But uh, kind of ahead of their time, <laughs> in, a, in a way. That, and what, what was it? I think, like, Helen Keller wrote... Uh, that got her in so much trouble. She said, look, I, I was able to achieve what I could because I came from a wealthy family. Mm, and, that? and, you know, the, the fact is until we get our labor laws uh, straight, most people don't honestly have a chance to move up, move up in society. Mm. And, you know, then she started getting called a communist. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Sure. But, you know, there's I know this is just one of those those feel good songs with a, with a little bit of menace in the background. Uh, no. You know, Dan, I'm I'm always happy to meet a working engineer because as a college math teacher, currently teaching Calc three to wannabe engineers. Yeah. It's encouraging to know some people make it make it through. Well, I've got the engineer part. I'm not sure about the working part. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> well, I've been well, on I'm, my own for five years, and you know, I'm spend more time hustling than doing actual engineering. But Cal 3 was always my favorite. It's hard to teach um, online. I bet. Yeah, that, that's tough because I like to jump around and wave my arms around and, cur you know, lay out three-dimensional curves with my hands and whatnot. But uh, I'm, I'm the best example of the old, those who can't do teach. <laughs> yeah. Still out here trying to get them, trying to get you some competition. Uh, see, that's why I always oppose all these STEM programs. No, mm. no, we're going to flood the market. <laughs> the market is fine. <laughs> the market is fine. Yes, those I, people should be interested in liberal arts. That's right. Uh, I think my favorite memory from, I don't know if it was Calc 3 or Calc 4, was when uh, the teacher uh, 
introduced the osculating plane. And yeah. He, he was clearly embarrassed to say the word osculating. Because oh. I guess it means kissing. Oh, and I, I, I it's like this that. is the embarrassing part of the curriculum. How funny. We just did osculating circles last week. So I I couldn't tell you what they were, but I I yeah. remember I remembered it long enough to get through. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I did I did have to use differential equations once. That was a very exciting day. You uh you're a water engineer, so you had um Water going in somewhere, coming out somewhere. Yeah, with a with or a something like continuous that. Continuous mixing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah mixing we problems were classic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, You've made me proud. I am a big fan of calculus. <laughs> Dave, I think that's wrapped it up for us. Oh, we didn't do a cover this week. This week's cover. You got one? No, I don't. Do you got one? Oh, I don't. I tried to look some up the other day. There aren't as many as I would have guessed there there were going to be. Um, Dusty Springfield did two or three. Yeah, she did. I don't want to hear it. And she, there was another one off of Dusty in Memphis that was one of his. Let's look that up real quick. Boy, that had to that had to put him in the gravy for many years. Yeah, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. Because he was, I wouldn't say a starving artist at that point. Uh, Just One Smile. Let's do that. Okay. Just One Smile as performed by Dusty Springfield. Oh, wow. He wrote it in 1960. He was a little baby when he wrote this. Well, you know, when I searched before, I couldn't find any. But now, all of a sudden, they're all over the place. Well, he, he, must, have, he must have crammed when, when he... he you heard that you couldn't find any. There's a Gene Pitney version of Just One Smile. I don't know who Gene Pitney is. Uh, he was a guy from the early 60s, uh, sort of a, um, oh, pop singer, but kind of like uh, Runaway. Who did Runaway? Runaway. Shannon. Yeah, he was sort of in a Dale Shannon kind of mode, guitar-driven pop. Okay. Uh, cool. Peggy Lee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but go ahead and go with the one you've got. That'd be great. Okay, so we've got Just One Smile from Dusty in Memphis. All right. Dave, thank you so much for doing this. Thank how you. can How can people get hold of you on Twitter, I assume? Uh, Twitter, Dave from Knoxville, but that is too long. So the last L and E are truncated. Oh. You from K-N-O-X-V-I-L. And uh, you know you've got the right one when it's a, a nest of possums grinning. Yes, you know? that's right, baby possums. And uh, on Spotify, it is the full day from Knoxville, no spaces. Um, and I would, I would be glad. I, I'll talk to anybody. I spend a lot of sleepless nights when I go on Twitter and go, who's up to help Dave through this sleepless night? Exactly. Well. Well, Dave, as, as someone wiser than me once said, you've got a friend in me. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Dan. It's a lot of fun. Well, we did it. We got through another week here at Wheel of Randy. We are part of the Good Trash Media Network and are brought to you by Wade Engineering. Thanks to our guests today for sharing their time with us. 
Thanks to Matt Farley for our theme music. You can catch more of Matt's songs at moternmedia.com. That's M-O-T-E-R-N. Our artwork was designed by Brian Mays. And Brian can be reached on Facebook at Brian Mays Art. The background music you're hearing right now is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids. And I'm using it because it's public domain. Speaking of public domain, the Camptown Races bumpers that you're hearing are sung by Tom Sharpling because he likes to make fun of that song being public domain. Technically, he could sue me, but Tom's a nice guy, I suppose. As I said, Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. That is my day job. I'm a civil engineer licensed in Oklahoma and Texas, and I focus on water, wastewater, stormwater, and land development. Most of what I do, though, is water. I build computer models for water distribution systems, and towns and fire departments use that to figure out where their next line needs to go, where their next tower needs to go, and then when the fire department gets audited by the insurance people, they just show them my model to show, yes, our hydrants really work. It's a huge time saver. If you are a mayor or a fire chief, you know, we should really talk about how Wade Engineering can save you a lot of money. If you are a concerned citizen who's got the ear of a mayor or a council person, what I'd suggest you do, ask them what your town's ISO rating is. You want it to be a low number. You want it to be one or two, maybe three. If it's anything higher than three, then you guys need me because you're paying way too much for your homeowner's insurance. Wade Engineering can be reached at 405-426-7634. That's it for this week. See you next time. Bye. It's Wheel of Red.